Today is the 25th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's fantastic to be here with you today. It's kind of a day of transition. It might not seem like that, but it is. We are going to finish the first book. The first book of the Bible and the first book that we're finishing, which is the book of Genesis. So we'll finish that today. And then we'll be moving into this second book called Exodus. And we'll talk about that just a little bit as we get there. But first, Genesis chapter 50, verse 1 today, through Exodus chapter 2, verse 10. Joseph fell across his father's body, wept over him, and kissed him. Joseph then ordered the physicians in his service to embalm his father, and the physicians embalmed Israel. They mourned for him forty days, because that is the period required for embalming. Then the Egyptians mourned him for seventy days. After the period of mourning had passed, Joseph spoke to Pharaoh's household. If you approve my request, give Pharaoh this message. My father made me promise telling him I'm about to die. You must bury me in the tomb I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. Now let me leave and bury my father, and then I will return. Pharaoh replied, Go bury your father as you promised. So Joseph left to bury his father. All of Pharaoh's servants went with him, together with the elder statesmen in his household, and all of the elder statesmen in the land of Egypt. Joseph's entire household, his brothers, and his father's household. Only the children, flocks, and cattle remained in the land of Goshen. Even chariots and horsemen went with him. It was a huge collection of people. When they arrived at the threshing floor of Atad, on the other side of the Jordan River, they observed a solemn, deeply sorrowful period of mourning. He grieved seven days for his father. When the Canaanites who lived in the land saw the observance of grief on Atad's threshing floor, they said, This is a solemn observance of grief by the Egyptians. Therefore, its name is Ebel Mitzrayim. It's on the other side of the Jordan River. Israel's sons did for him just as he had ordered. His sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre, which Abraham had purchased as burial property from Ephron the Hittite. Then Joseph returned to Egypt, he, his brothers, and everyone who left with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers realized that their father was now dead, they said, What if Joseph bears a grudge against us and wants to pay us back seriously for all of the terrible things we did to him? So they approached Joseph and said, Your father gave orders before he died, telling us, This is what you should say to Joseph. Please forgive your brother's sins and misdeeds, for they did terrible things to you. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of your father's God. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers wept too, fell down in front of him and said, We are here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I God? You planned something bad for me, but God produced something good from it in order to save the lives of many people, just as he's doing today. Now don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. So he put them at ease and spoke reassuringly to them. Thus Joseph lived in Egypt, 
He and his father's household, Joseph lived 110 years and saw Ephraim's grandchildren, the children of Machir, Manasseh's son, were also born on Joseph's knees. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. God will certainly take care of you and bring you out of this land to the land he promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Joseph made Israel's son's promise. When God takes care of you, you must bring up my bones out of here. Joseph died when he was 110 years old. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt. Okay, so that brings us, well, that brought us to the end of the book of Genesis. So well done. We have finished a complete book of the Bible, but that brings us to the second book of the Bible named Exodus. And we're essentially picking up the same story centuries later. And so these original children of Israel have all died, but their offspring has flourished. And these people of God have become numerous as the stars in the heavens. Right? They're everywhere, as God had promised Abraham. But the flourishing is causing a problem. It's causing a, a bit of angst and unrest among the Egyptians because they fear their numbers and they fear their loyalty. And so by now, uh, we are centuries into the future. Egypt's also forgotten Joseph. And so the Egyptians enslave Israel's children. And this new pharaoh, as we're going to find out, has a plan, and it's a barbaric plan of population control to throw all the Hebrew boys that get born into the Nile River, but the girls can live. And we're going to see now, now that we've jumped forward in time again, we'll start seeing this long view of God's redemptive plan in the story known as the Bible. And we'll also see how opposed the promise actually is that one day there will be redemption. And it's easy for us to see, like, the long view is hard for us to take most of the time because everything in our culture is promising instant gratification. Like, if you want that thing, you don't have to save for it. You just take out a loan and pay back more. And like, it's instant gratification. And so this, this idea of a long promise from God that, will take lifetimes and generations and centuries to accomplish. It's like beyond our comprehension. We can't comprehend our beyond our own existence, basically. But when we look back at what we've read in Scripture so far, we see this intentionality with the children of Israel. God promised a land and promised descendants without number to a man named Abram who followed God away from his homeland to a land that he was shown, and his name was changed to Abraham. And God revealed himself to Abraham's son, the son that was promised, Isaac, who then passed the promise on to his son, Jacob. And then God revealed himself to Jacob, who passed the promise on to his 12 sons, his sons that were the first children of Israel. And though, although it had 
had been centuries and the people were enslaved far away from any land of promise. The promise is still in their culture. The promise is still known. And so when the children of Israel begin to cry out to God, God hears and a baby boy is born. And there are these themes that we keep seeing in the scripture as, uh, as we continue. And we know the story of our Christian faith. So uh, a baby born, baby boy is born and he's put into the Nile like he's supposed to be, but he's put in a wicker basket and the basket gets discovered by Pharaoh's daughter and the boy is given a name. His name is Moses. And we will be hanging out with Moses for a long time. And so we begin the book of Exodus, chapter 1. These are the names of the Israelites who came to Egypt with Jacob along with their households. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The total number in Jacob's family was 70. Joseph was already in Egypt. Eventually, Joseph, his brothers, and everyone in his generation died. But the Israelites were fertile and became populous. They multiplied and grew dramatically, filling the whole land. Now, a new king came to power in Egypt who didn't know Joseph. He said to his people, The Israelite people are now larger in number and stronger than we are. Come on, let's be smart and deal with them. Otherwise, they will only grow in number. And if war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, and then escape from the land. As a result, the Egyptians put four men of forced work gangs over the Israelites to harass them with hard work. They had to build storage cities named Pitom and Ramses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they grew and spread, so much so that the Egyptians started to look at the Israelites with disgust and dread. So the Egyptians enslaved the Israelites. They made their lives miserable with hard labor, making mortar and bricks, doing field work, and by forcing them to do all kinds of other cruel work. The king of Egypt spoke to two Hebrew midwives named Shifra and Pua. When you are helping the Hebrew women give birth and you see the baby being born, if it's a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, you can let her live. Now the two midwives respected God, so they didn't obey the Egyptian king's order. Instead, they let the baby boys live. So the king of Egypt called the two midwives and said to them, Why are you doing this? Why are you letting the baby boys live? The two midwives said to Pharaoh, Because Hebrew women aren't like Egyptian women. They're much stronger and give birth before any midwives can get to them. So God treated the midwives well, and the people kept on multiplying and becoming very strong. And because the midwives respected God, God gave them households of their own. Then Pharaoh gave an order to all his people, Throw every baby boy born to the Hebrews into the Nile River, but you can let all the girls live. Now a man from Levi's household married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that the baby was healthy and beautiful, so she hid him for three months. When she couldn't hide him any longer, she took a reed basket and sealed it up with black tar. 
She put the child in the basket and set the basket among the reeds at the riverbank. The baby's older sister stood watch nearby to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river while her women's servants walked along beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds, and she sent one of her servants to bring it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child. The boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. She said, This must be one of the Hebrew children. Then the baby's sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Would you like me to go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter agreed, Yes, do that. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I'll pay you for your work. So the woman took the child and nursed it. After the child had grown up, she brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her son. She named him Moses, because, she said, I pulled him out of the water. Matthew 16, 13 through 17, 9. Now when Jesus came to the area of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the human one is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. He said, And what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus replied, Happy are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no human has shown this to you. Rather, my Father who is in heaven has shown you. I tell you that you are Peter, and I'll build my church on this rock. The gates of the underworld won't be able to stand against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Anything you fasten on earth will be fastened in heaven. Anything you loosen on earth will be loosened in heaven. Then he ordered the disciples not to tell anybody that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and legal experts, and that he had to be killed and raised on the third day. Then Peter took hold of Jesus and, scolding him, began to correct him. God forbid, Lord, this won't happen to you. But he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stone that could make me stumble, for you are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. Then Jesus said to his disciples, All who want to come after me must say no to themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them. But all who lose their lives because of me will find them. Why would people gain the whole world but lose their lives? What will people give in exchange for their lives? For the human one is about to come with the majesty of his father, with his angels, and then he will repay each one for what that person has done. I assure you that some standing here won't die before they see the human one coming in his kingdom. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of a very high mountain. He was transformed in front of them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Moses and Elijah appeared to them, 
talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this, saying to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you want, I'll make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, look, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I dearly love. I am very pleased with him. Listen to him. Hearing this, the disciples fell on their faces, filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anybody about the vision until the human one is raised from the dead. Psalm 21 For the music leader, a psalm of David. The king celebrates your strength, Lord. Look how happy he is about your saving help. You've given him what his heart desires. You haven't denied what his lips requested. Selah. You bring rich blessings right to him. You put a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked you for life and you gave it to him, all right? Long days, forever and always. The king's reputation is great because of your saving help. You've conferred on him glory and grandeur. You grant him blessings forever. You make him happy with the joy of your presence. Because the king trusts the Lord and because of the Most High's faithful love, he will not stumble. Your hand will catch all your enemies. Your strong hand will catch all who hate you. When you appear, Lord, you will light them up like an oven on fire. God will eat them whole in his anger. Fire will devour them. You will destroy their offspring from the land, destroy their descendants from the human race. Because they sought to do you harm, they devised a wicked plan, but they will fail. Because you will make them turn and run when you aim your bow straight at their faces. Be exalted, Lord, in your strength. We will sing and praise your power. Proverbs 5, 1-6 My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Bend your ear to what I know, so you might remain discreet and your lips might guard knowledge. The lips of a mysterious woman drip honey, and her tongue is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead to the grave. She doesn't stay on the way of life. Her paths wander, but she doesn't know it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this new territory that we are moving into, the second book in the scriptures, the book of Exodus and the changing of generations as we see this story move forward. We ask that we find so much of ourselves as we get to know the children of Israel and as we get to know Moses. And may we daily take into account the guidance of the Proverbs 
to stay away from what is not true, no matter how seductive. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base. That's the website. It's where you find out what's going on around here. So indeed, check it out and be familiar. Check out the different sections like the community section. You can get connected there. Check out the Daily Audio Bible shop. There are resources in the shop that are for the journey that we are on. And so check that out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, humble gratitude. We can't be here if, if, we, if we're not here together. And so thank you. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app from wherever you are in the world. Or there are a number of numbers you can use if you want to dial in. In the Americas, 877-942-4253 is the number to call. If you are in the UK or Europe, 442036-088078 is the number to dial. And if you are in Australia or that part of the world, 613-8820-5459 is the number to call. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hello, DAB family. God bless you all. TD, I praise God for your medical procedure returning benign. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Darren, I cannot express my heartache. I am so sorry for the loss of your eight-year-old daughter and your two sister-in-laws and two brother-in-laws, even though one of them was the one who took these lives. Father God, we just lift up this family to you, Father God. Only you know, Father God, the why behind all this. It is not... We cannot understand it. But Father God, we know that you are more than able, Father God, to come to this family, Father God, and comfort them in your strength, in your courage, Father God. Father God, help them stay in their will to continue in their faith, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Help Darren, Father God, to maintain his sobriety and away from harmful inclinations, Father God. Help this mama who lost her daughter and three siblings, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Father God, the prayer of the righteous father God availeth much and then when we don't know what to pray for the Holy Spirit intercede so Holy Spirit we ask you father God in the name of Jesus to do what only you can do father God be there with them father God help them get through this father God father God may all things work out together for good father God that let something positive something good come from this father God even though right now in the flesh we can't even fathom what that could possibly be with after so much loss and so much pain, Father God. But Father God, you are a loving and faithful Father. And we thank you. We thank you that you're here. We thank you that we can come to you. And we thank you that when we don't know, the Holy Spirit knows. And we pray this all in your sovereign name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Esther from Woodhaven, New York. I love you. Hello, Dab family. This is Baba D from Tennessee. My sons and I will be praying for Darren, uh, who was posted at the end of the prayer at the podcast, January 20th. I pray for Darren so that he feels comfort and feels like he has peace inside of him. I pray for Darren so he feels comforted and loved from the inside and from the outside too. Father, we stand with our brother Darren right now. We ask God that you would give him just a warm blanket of your spirit all around, all the loved ones that are around them uh, in the midst of this terrible tragedy. God, I pray for forgiveness that it would be released into his heart, that he would be able to forgive the uncle. Uh, and Lord, I ask that that would be a, a peace that could not be understood, Lord. And I pray for your warm, um, just the hands of your love, just embracing him, holding him as he's weeping with you over this horrible, horrible loss and tragedy. Family, let's be praying for Darren these days. Thank you, brother, for reaching out and, and posting. We're with you. You'll be in my prayers. God bless. Amen. Hi, family. This is Rose. Today is January 20th, and I just finished listening to the reading for today, which was so beautiful. But also the last prayer request was from Darren, whose daughter was murdered a week ago. Darren, I know I speak for all of us as your family that we are so sorry for your loss. I'm finally able at a place to speak. I just know that we are praying for you, Darren, and we're praying for the mother of your precious little daughter who's now dancing in the streets of heaven. Just know, my precious brother, that we pray in Jesus' name for his peace, the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that guards your heart and guides your mind. We love you so much. Heavenly Father, we come before you to lift up Darren and his family for the horrible tragedy they have just been through. We want him to know that we as a community all over the world of believers are standing on God's word with him and his family. We want him to be lifted up to you. We want you to hold him close to you. Let him feel your presence and be comforted by your peace, which is the only thing that can bring any comfort in that kind of a situation. We don't know what to pray for other than peace, comfort, and guidance. We know we need you at times like this more than ever, but we don't even know how to ask. All we're doing is come be coming before you, pleading, Lord, help Darren's family. We want to all come together before you and plead on our knees together before the cross. Jesus, help Darren and his family. We all look forward to seeing your precious daughter in heaven someday. Jesus, 
Help us all. Pray for Darren. Be there for him and his family. In Jesus' name, amen.